So I feel like it's been a journey. It's been a long journey. And I've always sort of up until recent years had these trace elements of, oh, I overindulged. I better hit the gym or I better go for a run or I just can't have that at all and going into restriction mindset. And I think what's, what I'm seeing change in me now is I'm, I'm much more aware of my choice. I am choosing to have this and, and giving myself a lot more grace and compassion to go, it's okay. Because I would, I used to measure myself on the scale and that was the be all end all, the number that I was seeing staring back at me. Hey there, my friend, it's Dr. Anthony Balduzzi, and I want to welcome you back to another episode here on the Fit Mother Project Podcast. In just a moment, you're going to hear an amazing and inspiring conversation between myself and one of our Fit Mother program members, Christina Aubrey. Christina is a homemaker, a stay-at-home mom of three kids, and her husband, Andre Aubrey, is actually one of our Fit Father members. And they have a pretty unique life setup because Andre is in the military in Canada, so he's often gone for long stretches of time. So Christina and Andre are both fit fathers and fit mothers. They have an amazing loving relationship, yet at the same time, there are long stretches when Christina is raising three young kids all on her own, and she's using our fit mother program to improve her health. And when I say health, I'm talking about physical health, mental and emotional health at the same time. So this is an incredibly inspiring woman who really went through a journey using our Fit Mother 30X program, phase one, all the way through phase four, to essentially rewire her psychology, regain her strength and confidence, get back in integrity with her life, help her kids live healthier too, drop 20 pounds, and just feel amazing overall. And obviously, this wasn't an overnight transformation. This was something that Christina worked on and worked on, and she worked through periods of lacking belief in herself. She worked through periods of challenging workouts where she says she broke down crying on her mat. Yet through this process of starting and continuing moving forward because she had vision on what she wanted and she wanted to live more intentionally, she made this beautiful transformation. And now she's the healthiest, happiest, and most aligned she's ever been. And her kids and her family, her husband, all of everyone around her has benefited from it. So this is one of those true fit mother stories that I'm really excited to bring to you. So without further ado, let's get into today's conversation with fit mother Christina Aubrey. All right, Christina, welcome officially to the Fit Mother podcast. I think in many respects, this is a long time coming, and I'm really happy to have you here and really grateful that you're sitting down and you get to share your heart today. Oh, thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. So to set the context for your journey, which is a journey well beyond just physical transformation, but like deep transformation, I'd love for you to share a little about yourself, your family, your age, where you're from, so people can know a little bit more about your life. Sure. Well, my name is Christina Aubrey. I'm married to an awesome military man named Andre, who um, we've been married for almost 12 years. We have three really beautiful children, a nine-year-old daughter, a six-year-old, almost seven-year-old son, and a nearly two-year-old little, little toddler who keeps us very, very busy. I'm originally from the West Coast of Canada, but right now we're living in our nation's capital in Ottawa. And we're just love and life. I'm a full-time stay-at-home mom. Uh, my husband currently is posted out of province. And so I'm in a season of solo parenting, which has all kinds of 
interesting challenges and ups and downs with it. I can bet. And I know that's definitely something we'll get into with like the schedule and the logistics of raising the kids with Andre coming in and out of the house for sure. So I'm excited to talk about that. Take me back basically to when you found the program, how you joined and like, let's just start to get that snapshot first. Sure. So, um, a few years ago, I've always been an active person. I've loved uh, exercise. I've loved movement um, from gardening to walking to running to whichever. But I, I, so I'd been in and out of the gym over the years. Uh, but a few years prior to, well, I, a year ago I started. And then a year before that, my husband had joined Fit Father. And prior to him starting, I had looked down in our basement. We have a small home gym. And I looked around and I saw this beautiful weight rack of weights and a nice weight bench. And I said to him, you're not using that. That's at least, you know, X number of dollars sitting there staring at us, laughing at us saying, why aren't you using me? So I put a challenge to Andre and I said, if you don't use that within six months, I'm selling it. And he, he just went, what? Cool. Okay. And he tells me in hindsight, he said that really kind of put, that was a real catalyst in changing. And so he started looking into the programs, trying to find areas. He'd been really into fitness years before becoming a parent. And then, you know, just life happens and things change and schedules change. So he got serious. He found your program and was really into it. And I would say that prior to Andre and I starting the program, we had a case of what do we call it? The NWS, uh, nagging wife syndrome. And so I was talking to him about his water. I was talking to him about his nutrition and really focusing on him and changes he needed to make, right? Thinking that I had it all in the bag. And so when he started making changes, looking at his nutrition, upping his water, you you were the voice suddenly. I didn't have to be the one saying, honey, I think you need to drink more water. He was just taking ownership of it. So I was seeing some really amazing changes in his life. And he said to me very wisely, patiently said at down the road once he'd kind of established his habits and patterns and said, you know, you can have this program if you want, or, you know, I can send it to you. And I thought, oh, okay. I wasn't quite ready. We just had our third baby. And so I wasn't quite ready to jump in. I, you know, I still wasn't sleeping through the night. My life felt like it was a blur. And with all of my kids, I've experienced some degree of postpartum depression. So I just wasn't, I didn't have a really clear focus. But I was seeing changes that I loved and things that I had longed for in our marriage and for him uh, for years. And so I finally said, okay, I'll sign. I signed up and I was a slow sign up. I was a slow warm up, but I got there and I just have been consistent with it and loving it. So Nice. And I want to say too, congratulations to Andre, because I know he made such a profound transformation. I mean, not only did your husband get a wicked pack of six pack abs, which I'm sure you were not too, too upset about too, but you know, just, he made it such a mental, physical, spiritual transformation with his devotionals, with healing some of his body pain. So it was great to see that. Now, when you signed up, Talk to me about the early process, being someone who thought you had some of this health stuff figured out of walking through the nutrition plan and maybe the mission statement. Well, let's start with like the eating. Like when you approached the Fit Mother meal plan, what was your experience like reading that and the first time and going through and seeing what that was all about? I had a really mixed response. In some ways, it would felt really affirming of going, okay, you know, I have some of those foods in my, in my life. 
And the other was, oh, like, I don't, I don't know if I could go waiting four hours between meals because I was a grazer. I had grown up with this understanding that, you know, you don't want to get low blood sugar. So you have to eat every couple of hours and, oh, it's four o'clock, Christine, have you had your cheese and crackers? And, you know, those kinds of things. So I was, I was wary of, oh, I, can I really make these changes? But I just, I saw what Andre was doing and there were a lot of the foods that we already liked. And in some, some, to some degree, I had already had some of them, you know, like we'd have oats for breakfast, but now it was adding oats, adding some chia seeds, adding some uh, pumpkin seeds. I am like all over those pumpkin seeds now. I just can't, can't get enough of them, but you know, making some of those just tweaks. And I realized too, I don't have to do this all at once. This, I'm going to lose my mind if I try and make, if I can completely revamp. So I'm going to do what I can do today and just focus and get that done. So I was much more intentional about my water at the beginning and, and recognizing again, thinking I drank a lot of water and going, Oh, nope, (laughs) nope, wasn't enough. So up my water um, really began to pay attention and just kind of tighten up meal timings. That was a brand new concept to me. I hadn't considered that before. It was just a little bit here, a little bit there, and and they're healthy foods per se, but they were all over the map and it was inconsistent. And so I feel like what the meal plan did was really tighten up, pardon the pun, but tighten up my um, just my intention around what I was eating and why I was eating. Um, my husband really deep dived into the uh, the science and the, of the nutrition. And for me, it was really about how do I make this accessible and, and um, practical as a family? Because I'm the one kind of providing most of the meals for the kids and stuff. And he's very hands-on, but uh, meal planning, grocery shopping, is it's more my gig. So I thought, how do I incorporate this? And, and again, not wanting to make these broad sweeping changes for my kids who are going like, wait, where's my favorite cereal? But just going slowly turning the ship around. And, and I feel like a year or so into this, the kids now talk about a perfect plate and, and, you know, um, yeah, there's more I can say on that too, but they're having these conversations now about understanding the why behind nutrition. So one of our kids is a picky eater. And so when we're explaining to him why these foods are good and what they do for your body, it's not in a shaming way. It's not in a pressure, just eat your vegetables. You know, it's, did you know that? And, and here's what water does for you. And, and just they're recognizing now they're starting to self-monitor at six and nine. Oh, I, you know what, mom, I didn't have enough water today. I better, I better pay more attention to that tomorrow. Right on buddy. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's so beautiful to hear. And I, I think there's probably a lot of people listening that can relate to you personally in terms of maybe they, you have some healthy foods in your diet, but don't have the structure. And I think low level when you don't have that structure and it is a little amorphous, there's like a, there's like a subtle, I don't know, psychological uneasiness or nutrition doesn't feel as dialed in or, you know, as streamlined. And that can cause some problems over the long haul because over the course of this plan, how much weight have you, where did you start and did you drop? I think you probably thought you had about 10 pounds to lose, right? Yes, I did think it was maybe 10 pounds, but I think it's been 20, approximately 20. So I actually had emailed the team when I hit my goal weight and said, okay, well, how low is too low here? Like I've reached my goal weight, but I, I'm now actually, it was a few pounds below it. And I started to get nervous because I have an eating disorder in my background. So 
weight and the scale was a pretty loaded topic for me. And so I got nervous and they just said, just trust the process, maybe back off of weighing yourself and just, you know, just keep doing the things that you need to do. I wasn't depriving myself. I was still nourishing myself well, um, enjoying foods, still having free days. Like we have pizza nights every other week with the kids and, and enjoying those things. But it was more about developing, um, I called it develop, not just developing my physical muscles, but my, my no muscles that, that, and my enough muscles that I had had enough and that that was okay. And I mean, that's a whole new, (laughs) that was a whole new territory for me too, of not just going until I couldn't eat anymore. It was finding that place of this is enough and I'm content here and, and I can say no. So for sure. I mean, it was a powerful answer. And I think I would like to dive a little bit deeper into what you shared about maybe some past energies and patterns of, of your relationship with food and disordered eating, because I think it is such a common thing that no one, like that we're starting to talk about more for sure. And I think the way that you've used this program to help heal that is something I'd like to explore. And if you're open to it, please share a little about how like some of your early relationships to food were formed and how this has kind of changed throughout this Fit Mother program. I would say that nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I want to have an eating disorder or I want to have a dysfunctional relationship with food. And yet when I go way back and I can look at patterns in my family and messages that I received within my family, within our home, but just, you know, life and society around what's a beautiful woman and uh, what does it mean to be a healthy person? It's really skewed. And so I never felt like I measured up. I never felt like I met beauty standards. I didn't have, you know, these certain criteria of what was considered a, a good figure, whatever. And so I think that was, it started for me around mindset. And then somewhere into my teens, late teens, I started doing the bulimia dance. And then that evolved into, so I would allow myself some really like high sugar foods and and then to compensate for overindulging, I took a very punitive um, response. And so I was very harmful to my body um, with those behaviors. And then I would ping pong into restriction and sort of this all or nothing extreme. And then as I got into my early 20s, the bulimia piece I sort of graduated from that per se to over-exercise and more of an exercise addiction. But again, it was this punitive response to what I was putting in my body. So instead of taking care and having intention and um, love and compassion for myself and nourishing myself well, because we say, we say to each other all the time, take care of yourself, take care. But what does that mean? And I certainly did not know how to take care of myself. And so in my 20s, I was still doing this this crazy dance. Uh, Somewhere in that season, in my pre-mummy life, I worked in social services. And I had worked, uh, had done about a year's work with a disordered eating agency. So we were going into high schools and educating students around this continuum of disordered eating all the way to clinical eating disorders and some of the messages and contributing factors to that. And it was powerful seeing how putting the information out there would change their mindsets. And just even kids getting lit up 
in, in an hour's workshop and going, hey, yeah, what does that mean for me? So I was really excited about that, but it wasn't completely integrated. And so my integrity wasn't really in line. Um, and I find now I am doing what I want and doing what I say and saying what I do. So I feel like it's been a journey. It's been a long journey. And I've always sort of up until recent years had these trace elements of, oh, I overindulged. I better hit the gym or I better go for a run or I just can't have that at all and going into restriction mindset. And I think what's, what I'm seeing change in me now is I'm, I'm much more aware of my choice. I am choosing to have this and, and giving myself a lot more grace and compassion to go, it's okay. Because I would, I used to measure myself on the scale and that was the be all end all, the number that I, that I was seeing staring back at me. And I remember when I worked for this eating disorder agency, we had, um, I think it's February that is eating disorder awareness month or week or something. And we had an event at the university, uh, in our town where we would smash the scale. So I pulled out a big old sledgehammer and smashed that scale. So fast forward to last year, you know, starting the program, being encouraged to weigh myself. I thought, Oh, 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 am I going to be able to do this in a way that's healthy? And really, so having to check my, my heart's intention of, is this, why am I doing this? And I think that's kind of got for me really into the mission statement and, and why, why do I want to do this? And constantly having to check back and reflect on that because it's been such a slippery slope for me. I can say now, I really feel like I step on the scale and it's interesting. It's just, it's information. It's just data. Yeah, information. Yes, totally. It's just information. It doesn't, it's not connected to my value. It's not connected to my worth. Whereas before it was, and, and I was never enough. It was never low enough. It could never be, you know, quite what I wanted. It was always out of my grasp. And now it's lower than what I had expected. And I don't care. Like, it's just, it's, it doesn't have the power over me that it used to. I mean, that's a profound amount of healing that's taken place. And, and what do you attribute it to effectively? Just like time, consistency, you know, practicing like more self-love every, every day and moment. Like, as I hear this, it's amazing that you've gone through this. I'm just really trying to pin down, especially for someone listening to this. Like, it's like, wow, you made this incredible transformation. And it's really evidenced through this, the visual of like the scale. What do you think it really took to make that? I think it's all of the above. And I think it is an everyday walking it through, trust the process that I also needed to dig really deep and go, why am I doing this? Why am I on the scale? Why am I not on the scale? Why am I wanting to eat that? What's, what's really going on? And am I, you know, I think finding some courage to actually own my life and say, this is what I want and, and not being afraid of that. I think I, I look back at my mission statement and it was a lot of, I want to, I want to, I want to do this. And that is a far cry from, I can't, which used to be my, my MO. But I would say now I'm at a place of saying, I will, I'm going to, I am. Yes. And so I'm really big on language and I find that just that simple tweak and it didn't start, I, I wasn't, it didn't feel real or genuine to start saying, I will do this. I am going to do this. I, I wasn't, 
I wasn't sure. I had too much self-doubt, too much insecurity to really start off there. But I was, I was open to saying, I'm willing to try. I can learn. I'm learning too. Or I really want that. I really do want to be healthy for my kids. I really do want to um, exercise and enjoy that with my husband. Prior to this process, we both had a background in, in like experience being active people, but we could not work out in the same room. We couldn't even talk about it. I was so unteachable and he, he had good information that I should have listened to, but I just couldn't, I couldn't receive from him because I was so hung up on needing to do it perfectly. And I just feel like there's been so much healing for me and for us, even in our marriage of, I mean, this morning, even, um, doing our body flows around the same time and doing my workout in front of him. And, and, you know, there's some grunting, there's some sweating and, you know, heavy breathing and, you know, just even in the workout zone. So it's like that, of course, in a marriage is similar to other vulnerabilities. It's, there's a, there is a, an intimacy of really sharing your vulnerable side with, with your spouse, with anyone. And so I feel like it has deepened our intimacy because I've been able to, you know, not do a workout perfectly or maybe get up to number 10 and go, I think I'm done for today <laughs> or, or being able to receive the encouragement to go, come on, babe, you got this. Keep on going. Mm-hmm. So that's been a really enormous shift. Like I can't even tell you what a shift that has been for us, um, for me right. in particular. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, these are huge shifts to mindset and feeling. And I love what you said about how particular you are about language, because the words we use are reflective of our thinking, which is reflective of our deep beliefs. And so when you wrote your first mission statement in FM30X phase one, the very beginning, what was in that initial mission statement for you? At that time, when and and, and how would you and how would you characterize, I guess, your general mindset towards the program? Was it just I'll try this and maybe I can do this, or I really do desire to? I'd love your take on the specific language and how you'd characterize your mindset at that time. I want to track it through and see how the language changes and how the mission statements change. I'm going to show you this. This this ratty scribbled on document is my original. Um, it says it was written February, 2021, and it's a working document or a living document, I would call it. Um, I would say it was from a place of angst. It was, I have to do this. Um, not, not externally have to do it, but I want to, but I was doing it. I was fighting for my life is what it felt like fighting for my mental health, fighting for a sense of purpose. It was great timing and not by accident that I found this program when I did because we had just received news that my husband was being posted out of province for a year. And so I would be solo parenting for three young kids on my own. I just thought, how am I going to do this? And so I was in a place where I needed to know that I was stronger. Yeah, still gets me in the fields, but I was stronger than I knew to give me confidence to actually believe in myself. And to go, you know what? I can do this, but I needed to know it. And not because my husband said, you've got this, babe, or because my beautiful kids would look at me and say, hey, mom, we love you. I needed to know it deep, deep, deep. That deep knowing of going, I can do something that's hard. 
Instead, I think at that time, the sense I had was, I can't do hard things. They're too hard. I can't do this. And over, over the last year, dang, can I do it? And it's messy. It looks tearful. It looks like some days crying on my mat because it's just hard or I've hurt myself because I got overzealous and lifted too much weight or something that's happened once or twice. <laughs> but just going, I can do this. And sometimes doing the hard things looks like rest. It looks like, Christina, just let's just settle here for a minute and it's okay. But I have now this profound belief that I can do hard things and that the only one stopping me is me. So I think there is, um, as this is new territory for me, it's shaky. Like it's, it's so powerful. It feels like the ground under my feet shakes sometimes. Like, wow, I'm doing this. Totally. And, and I want to ask specifically on that. Do you think it was the workouts in the program that really activated the I can do hard things and I can accomplish it? Is it time sticking to it? Because I see this and hear this all the time. I mean, you're ultimately you activated and tapped into this deep sense of personal power that you likely always knew was there, but it was it was hidden behind all the insecurity and self-doubt and um that so many of us have. And we have to shed this to allow that light to shine through. What what aspects of this process that were so hard? that you had to overcome. And maybe it was just doing this amidst having all your kids and having the craziness of life and all that. What do you think were the hard parts that really enabled you to have that breakthrough? I like your word activated. I do feel like it was, it was in here. It didn't, it didn't get delivered. It was already present in within me and it was activated and sort of this, this shedding and coming into more of who I actually am. So I think the physical workout, because I, I even wrote it in my first mission statement, that this is actually about w- the working out of my, my sense of identity, my integrity, my sense of uh, personal power. There is a literal physical working out of these things. And it was at first, it was like this working out of my um, emotions, some depression I'd experienced, some angst. But then I, as I said, it's a working document. It was this working out of my joy. This is an expression of life and passion and just yeah, joy really. And so being able to shift that, but I think the physical workout of what I started with, I mean, that first apex 10, I'll tell you, I tried it in front of my husband. I lasted three minutes. I grabbed my dumbbells and marched upstairs and closed the door to my bedroom and pouted and I'll do it myself. And I just, you know, I wasn't in that place where I could receive. And so that first one thinking, man, I got to seven went, okay, Christina, do you want to go to 10? Can you do this? You can do it. Okay. I'm going to do it. And I rented it out. It wasn't pretty, but I did it. And, and then went, oh, Oh, I, wait a second. I just did that. And that sense of feeling really powerful is addictive. You kind of go, Oh, I wonder if, wonder if I can do more. I want to try and do more. And then instead of going from a place of, I wonder it became, I'm going to, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. Cause it's, you know, you experience breeds confidence. And so I, I was able to get to that place of going, yeah, I want to do that. But, you know, other areas too, in terms of my sleep 
that's been, man, that's been a lifelong struggle for me. And yet, yeah, with the three kids for sure. (laughs) Well, and starting this, not sleeping through the night, you know, toddler is teething, all that sort of stuff, but recognizing how important this, my sleep is on my whole well-being. being able to be strong enough to do a full workout. If I wake up and I've gone to bed too late I, and I'm not eating well, I'm not going to feel well enough or strong enough or even willing to, to do a workout. And is that in line with what I want? No, it's really not. So, so factoring all that in, and it's like, you know, there's some juggling of, of all of these aspects, but I think I have more momentum in a good direction now than I have ever had in my whole 41 years. So that's really amazing to hear. And is not our life experience just the culmination of the momentum that we're doing based on the choices? And it's either momentum is moving in one direction or another. It's either this positive momentum or if we're stuck in a rut, we just have momentum that's kind of sucking us deeper into this. And it's very clear to me that you have this positive momentum because you've been making all these choices and decisions. You've cleaned up the mindset and there's been such a stacking and a building process. And it's really powerful. Now, what is your what are some of your most recent mission statements? Um, say now, how is the living document updated or like, what would you characterize like today? And I know you've touched on it a little bit, probably in terms of some of the language that became more determined, like I will, I can, but today, now that you've been through this process for some time, what, what's driving you and what are you writing down as, as big motivations and what's the language and the emotion behind it? Well, I love, um, I, I revisited my mission statement recently and I was thinking about that question that you asked at the beginning, what are three actions that I know I should be taking right now to help my health? And I, it was so good to go back and reflect on, okay, am I, the eating can be a slippery slope. And when you sort of get into a maintenance phase, it's like, well, I can get a little lax. I'll have a few more snacks. I'm making the kids lunches at night. Nobody else is home because I'm, you know, mostly my husband's been away. So, you know, I started snacking a bit and I went, wait, 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 that, so it was sort of drawing my attention back to, and they weren't bad things. They weren't, it's not um, that I'm in this extreme place that I used to be, but it was just tweaking and going, is this in line with what I want? Is what I'm saying and doing matching up? And it wasn't. And so sleep was a big part of that too. And so sleep and the not snacking as much and just being more mindful, like it was just mindless snacking. Years ago, my mindless snack was grabbing handfuls of chocolate chips. Uh, And then it sort of was like this um, harm reduction into raisins, into pumpkin seeds. And it's like, you know, but again, why? What, What is my intention for that? Where, you know, what's going on inside of me um, emotionally, mentally, and physically, am I underslept? Cause then I just want to eat more because I'm physically trying to keep myself awake. Yes. But it's just been really good to revisit. Is this what I want out of my life? And then recognizing when it's not, well, no, nobody's going to hold a gun to my head to make me make a change. It's my choice. And, and actually recognizing I can do something about this, or maybe there might be moments where I choose not to, but but knowing that that's a choice in and of itself. And so I'm way more into these days making active choices, moving myself, like you said, in momentum, going, well, okay, so I didn't get to bed at 10. It was 10.30, but that's better than it was at 11. So I'm moving in good directions. I mean, this whole journey is not a straight line. It is, this map is 
is windy, twisty, turny. But I was thinking about it this morning that, you know, we go round the mountain, round the mountain, round the mountain, but I'm not where I started. I'm still, I have a different vantage point. I have more skills behind me, more power behind me, uh, just more strength, more focus, all that good stuff. So really beautifully said. And I want to, I want to plus on that analogy too of the road, because I think what you're talking about with the mindfulness, the awareness, the consciousness of, of being able to pause and not be run by these just reactive or unconscious behaviors that may have trapped you in the past. These are the check-in moments every single day that is able to keep momentum moving in the direction that we wanted it to. It's like we're on the road and there's like this fork every time we go into unconsciousness that could lead us into a whole different thing. But now it's like, as you're going around this mountain with more awareness, it's like, you're just getting stronger and more solid as you go through. And these are the life skills that you're going to be going around this mountain for the next, you know, 50, 60, 70 years of your life. Right. So it's, it's amazing. Like I, I'm really excited for you with those skills. And I want, it almost begs me asking, I want to talk a little more about your kids because now your kids, I believe are so incredibly lucky to have two parents at their young ages who have developed powerful and integrated healthy lives. And I know they're talking about perfect plates, but like, I want to hear about them and like in their health journey, they're being raised in such good soil. Now talk to me about what they're seeing, any changes that you've seen in them or what even just you might want for them into the future in terms of your parenting as it relates to health and wellness. Oh, sure. It's so fun to watch. And it just cracks Andre and I up because like our toddler will come beside me on the mat if mom's doing push-ups. And he does these cute little baby arches where, you know, his, his belly and legs are on the floor, but he's pushing his body up and they go, Oh, you're doing push-ups like mama. And uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, our nine-year-old recently of her own volition came downstairs one morning and said, Hey mom, I wrote my own body flow. I said, Oh, what? Tell me about that. What is that? And she said, well, I get up in the morning and it helps me start my day really well. I feel really good. I can stretch. She's, she was in gymnastics recently. And so she's incorporated some of those movements. Um, you know, our middle, middle guy is really like, he just loves to be around us when we're working out. And he, we went to the thrift store and got this cute little two pound dumbbell. And he's like, that's my weight. And he's lifting it up above his head. And so they're having fun with it. It's not about this pressure there. We're not into performance or, you know, weighing. It's not about body image in the, in the negative sense. It's just enjoying being in your body, enjoying moving, enjoying feeling strong, being able to do all this kind of stuff. I mean, one thing in my mission statement was I want to be able to jump into any activity and have a decent start out of the gate. And I see that that's happening for my kids and, and just getting them to explore their, their body, explore movement, explore areas of strength. Um, we've seen our kids try planks and what they could not do at the beginning, they're able to do a bit more now and getting them to tap into that sense of, isn't it powerful when you stick with something, what happens and, and giving them that sense of confidence and agency and empowerment. It's been really, really fun. That is so beautiful to hear. And just to think like what you shared, I believe it was your daughter who's in gymnastics who wrote her own body flow. What that requires is 
so beautiful. The amount of intention, self-direction, creativity, combining that, the intuitive sense that I want to better myself. And I'm seeing that my parents do this and it's, this is going to help me serve my goals of becoming more energized and flexible. Like ripple that over her next 10, 15 years. Like, I think that could have more of a profound impact on her life than almost anything else. Maybe even anything she might learn in any class at school. She's going to forget a lot of the algebra, but like that is, is going to serve her so well in terms of that. And, and that, that's, that's really amazing. And it makes my heart really warm to hear. Aww. Mine too. I mean, they, I have a, a daily journal that I use, um, to write out, you know, my three goals in the morning, things I'm grateful for, you know, just the calendar for the day. It's sort of mom's manual. And she mentioned to me the other day, she goes, mom, you use that a lot. I said, yeah, it helps me stay focused. It helps me. And, you know, we have a few people in our family whose attention is, um, how do I say, (laughs) all over the place. And so it's just grounding. It helps us focus. It's learning these life skills that are part of our overall health to do well and to live life in a successful, meaningful, enriched way. So, I mean, I've gotten my kids now involved with meal planning too. So, you know, we, we pick a night, um, and they're understanding like, again, is that balanced? It's not just a cheese pizza. Let's, you know, so now they know on pizza night, it's pizza and salad. So, and there I've got my six-year-old eating salad now without dressing. He just, that was all him. He just loves it. And that a year ago, that was part of my wildest dreams. I had no idea that could happen. And yet he's, he's like, okay, mom, yeah, I'll have some salad. So we're just seeing these changes and it's like, oh, just to stick with it, stay the course and know that more is caught than taught. Right. And, and they are seeing, they're seeing Andre and I engage in, movement that feels good and resting when we need to. So that just the balance of, of all of it, the food, the sleep, the movement, relational, all of it. It's been, it's been really wonderful. That is really wonderful for sure. And you actually already touched on what I was going to ask you is one of the final questions here is I wanted to inquire more about what you've learned raising the three kids and managing, you know, getting food onto the table, like what kind of routines specifically have worked for you? How many times a week do you meal prep? How have you decided to make the perfect plates? How do you, when do you package your kids' lunches? Just like a real practical deep dive. Cause I think you're in such a unique position to have a wonderful marriage, but to also kind of be a single mom at certain periods of life. So it's like you dance between these two worlds that both people can relate to. So I wanted to know a little bit about the logistics of your plan of like, how do you pull it off consistently? When do you grocery shop? What kinds of things do you generally buy? What's your cooking method that enables you to do it pretty quickly? You know, as much as you'd like to share, I think would be helpful for everyone listening. Oh, sure. Okay. Let me think. So I grocery shop once a week. I love to do it on my own, which is sort of a joke in our family that if somebody had told me pre-kids that grocery shopping by myself was like a night out, I would have laughed. But now I think, oh, wow, that's, that's pretty, pretty awesome. So I'll go grocery shopping sometimes with a toddler. And, um, but that's once a week. I have a list written down as things come up throughout the week. You know, if we're out of something or running low, I just jot it down right away. So I'm not sitting with my list trying to remember what the heck did we need? Um, we've made some switches to lactose free milk for the kids. We've made, um, we're dairy, mostly dairy free in our house other than, and other than that, haven't quite got the kids on oat milk yet, but you know, um, you know, checking that our, our vegetable produce stock is there. Um, 
but I will meal plan like a list of things. We have our staples and our favorites, right? So for me and and Andre, mostly it's smoothies at breakfast. Um, we have big salads for lunch and then we do our, our dinners together. I find that I'm eating after the kids go to school and then they're at school. So my lunches are kind of on my own or with the toddler, but a lot of it is just um, keeping it simple and not overthinking it. I used to cook a lot of recipes that had lots of sauces and lots of ingredients. And I'll do that sometimes with, you know, different spices or whatnot, but it's not, you know, a can of mushroom soup throwing on some noodles. Um, it's way more focused on what, what veggies are we going to have here? Like that seems to be the first question and then our protein and, and then our, our carb or our starch. So it's, it's just figuring out, I think, different ways of doing meals and then picking vegetables too that the kids like and then ones that might be a little bit more of a stretch and you know but having something on the table that's accessible for everyone so you know one one of our kids does not like asparagus I love asparagus so when I put it there I just you know out of respect for them want to provide them with something that feels like a safe food that I'm comfortable providing and that they enjoy so yeah. So I will also make their lunches the night before. And that has become a well-oiled machine of, you know, they have their, their main, you know, either a sandwich or a, you know, hummus and pita or something and make sure they have their veg and their fruit. And then they'll have like I don't know, some tasty granola bar or something. And, but it's, it's the done the night before. So when we wake up, they just grab their lunch and they go and it creates a lot less um, chaos in the morning because as any parent will know when you're trying to get out the door for anything the simpler the smoother you know that goes the better it is but um, and I also will get their breakfast prepped the night before too so like the table is set before I go to bed for the next morning's breakfast because I just want to minimize as much <laughs> crazy as I can for sure. I mean, those things add up, right? I mean, these smooth systems reduce all that decision fatigue, how much time you have to take for these things. And then you're more joyful, which makes you more likely to want to eat healthy and exercise, which makes you more joyful. That's right. It just snowballs one after the other. Yeah. Joy can snowball as much as stress can snowball. That's really true. Yes. That's well said. Yeah. So in closing, I'd love for you to share a little bit of advice for women who are starting out, who maybe were in a mindset that you are at in the early stages of, I, I maybe can do this, or I certainly want this. I'd like some advice for women who are starting early on this Fit Mother program, what you'd suggest for them, especially if they feel like they're pulled in many different directions between raising kids. Maybe there's also getting out of the house to do work as well. Just like speak to that. I'd love you to share a little bit of wisdom for some ladies starting out. I would say you can, and you're stronger than you know. You are more able than you might think, and that our thoughts really are what can limit or um, encourage us. And so I would say stay the course. Um, I had someone say to me too recently, choose your hard, choose your hard, because life is hard and you know, having kids is hard. It's joyful. It's wonderful, but there's hard moments and a workout is hard. You know, sticking to a meal plan can be hard, but choose your heart. What, where do I want to go? Know your why. I would say too, that this is really about alignment and integrity. 
and be courageous enough to own your life. What is it that you want? Where do you want to go? And, uh, and lean into that. So I, you know, find your people too. The, the Facebook community has been an incredible encouragement, just lots of high fives. There's motivation, but there's also momentum in that group too. So I find that that really gives me a lot of traction. So find a place where you can kind of plug in that way. And I, I think the last thing for me too, is that it's really about the end game. This is, or the long game rather it's, it's not just a quick fix. It's not just a fad or for just a season. So when you were making those, like turning the, the ship around, and as a Navy wife, pardon the pun, but as we're turning that ship around, it takes time. And so be kind to yourself, be patient to know this is part of the journey and you're going to get there. Yeah. More wise words. Thank you again for coming on today, Christina. It was a joy for me and my joy is compounded just by being here in this conversation. And I know many people are going to benefit from this. So thank you so much. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Hey there, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Fit Mother Project podcast. If you love what you heard, I have a favor to ask you. Please consider taking 60 seconds right now to leave us a rating and review on our podcast. Leaving us a review is super quick. It only takes a minute and it's so, so helpful to us as it really boosts this podcast to reach more people who need this information and this message. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, you can leave us a star rating and review. If you're watching on YouTube, you can hit the like button and leave us a comment. Overall, I truly appreciate you being with us here on the podcast. On behalf of me and my entire Fit Mother Project team, we truly feel honored and grateful to support you and your family on your journey to fantastic health. I thank you for your support of this podcast and of this mission. Also, if you're interested in joining our complete Fit Mother program and becoming an official member of our community, you can visit our website, fitmotherproject.com. And on the Fit Mother site, you'll be able to see our complete Fit Mother program along with our online store with the best supplements designed for busy moms. And you'll also find a ton of free resources like recipes, workouts, meal plans, and more. God bless you and your family. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi signing off. I'll catch you on the next episodes of the Fit Mother Project podcast.